This is Ege Adoye, host of this podcast channel, Africa's Leading Voices. Welcome. They say Nero fiddled while Rome burned. I think it's because he had become so complacent he couldn't react, but also that he had narrowed his ability to see to care. These past few weeks have been fraught with heightened emotion, disbelief, empathy, sadness, and outrage for me. I have no reaction left in me right now, and it's a conscious choice. I believe reaction is good as an initial kickstarter because it focuses attention and gets things started. But ultimately, it's unhelpful because it has the potential to separate me from my best thinking and my truest self, the one filled with life, the one sustained by grace. Reaction distracts me from my true voice. And so I've been more quiet this past week, quiet to process, quiet to see more clearly, quiet to ask and to see to care. If I'm honest, though, this has been the whole year, not just these past few weeks. But last week, hearing about another family being traumatized with kidnap and violence in northern Nigeria, specifically in Kaduna and Plateau states, reading about the Karen in the Ramble, waking up to the dreadful news that George Floyd died needlessly after being choked to death in such a gruesome way. I was simultaneously heartbroken and near despondent. Hearing on Monday earlier this week about the equally gruesome rape and murder of a young lady, Uwa Omozuwa, a first-year student, university student from my hometown, I was silenced, silenced both with outrage and with resignation. It shouldn't be so. It shouldn't be so. I remain convinced that all lives matter. And it's true that depending on where you are physically located in the world right now, some lives are more immediately at threat, and this must be highlighted. Even so, all lives matter. The fundamental cries for the intrinsic value in every life and in each life to be seen. This is my cry. So against the backdrop of all of this, it just didn't make a sense to bring out a podcast episode last week. It seemed a little trite in the face of all that was going on, all that is still going on. When I came across the social media movement, hashtag the show must be paused on Tuesday this week, it resonated. And so we didn't bring one out this week either. We need to stop and we need to think and we need to process. And yet, because words are how I show care, I'm faced with a conundrum. How do I speak in the face of all of this? This post is an attempt to respond to that conundrum. So in a sense, this is an unepisode episode. I have just one train of thought to share, no guests, just me, sharing this singular idea with you. And here it goes. If it is true that our seeing directs our doing, I believe we all seriously need to question through what lenses we see the world right now. So may I invite you today to consider just one of those lenses, and it's the lens of your universe of obligation. I came across this phrase, universe of obligation, about 17 years ago in a diversity, inclusion and belonging workshop with facinghistory.org. It was organized by the company I worked with at the time, and I think it was in New York, but that's irrelevant really. It has become part of my own toolkit for how I remain conscious and how I keep myself accountable to the world and in the world. Helen Fien is a sociologist who used the phrase universe of obligation to describe the group of individuals within a society towards whom obligations are owed 
to whom rules apply and whose injuries call for amends. It plays out in America with its continued criminalization of blackness and the continuing genocide against its black population. It's playing out in South Africa and its continued domestic aggression against women and children. As the president of South Africa said in one of his recent State of the Nation addresses, South African men seem to have declared war against its women. I would also add against its children. It generally plays out in the ways we decide what an African looks like on this beautiful continent and how patriarchy continues to perpetuate a blindness towards women and towards their contributions to her welfare. It's blind also to the need to include women's voices. It plays out in the way women's faces and women's profiles are not seen as equal and worthy partners, consciously or unconsciously, in conversations about Africa's future, especially on Africa Day. It plays out in Nigeria with a continued lack of mobilization against the kidnap and murder of Christians in the north of Nigeria, as well as in the systemic apathy with which violence against women is received in my country. Simply put, it is true that for societies and as individuals, when we choose our universes of obligation, we are describing those for whom we will show care and for those for whom we will show up and for those for whom we will be accountable. My invitation for you today is to consider when and how you drew the lines of your own universe of obligation. How have you drawn the lines of your own personal circle of care? How did you choose who was worthy? What rules do you hold as important? How relevant are those rules in the, in, in the face of the world around you? What rules do you continue to hold as important? What standards are important to you? What privileges carry weight with you? Who did you decide is worth fighting for? Who did you decide amends should be made for? And who would you fight for in the way that you would fight for yourself? Because when our scene in this area is clear, or when it's clearer, my hope is that it will start to show up for you, as it did for me almost 20 years ago, what the gaps are between who I am and who I want to be or even more so, who I know I am called to be. And then the question is always, of course, so what are you going to do about it? For me, love is the key. Within my circle, within my universe of obligation, I decide who to care for and who to fight for, and it's an ever-widening circle. And then I engage with them with patience, with kindness, and when I talk with them or I talk about them, I engage politely. I engage with trust, with truth, and sometimes with a sense of self-sacrifice. I pay attention. I literally will go to the mattresses for them. I step up and I step in for them. I put my voice and other resources where my mouth is for them. I do this always trusting, always hoping, never quitting. Because the thing is, love is not an event, neither is it a cliche. It's a way of being and it's a real superpower. I truly believe we were made to know and to do better. I'm hopeful that we can be better. But really, I think it's who we choose to love and how we choose to show care that will ultimately win the day. And that's it, that's this episode. My invitation, do the work, make the circle bigger, and God bless you all. <laughs>